Hey everyone, welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms master mealtime and become the boss of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 83, 10 expectations that are making your mealtime miserable. Ugh, I can't believe that my one-year-old is still throwing food. This is an example of something that I have heard from numerous friends and family when they're describing their frustrations with mealtime. Mealtime is a hot topic. If I bring it up, everyone is sure to be having their own mealtime struggles of some kind. But one thing that I started noticing as I had more and more of these conversations is that a lot of these struggles were things that I couldn't understand or relate to, which as someone who's dedicated a large portion of my life to helping moms manage mealtime, this is obviously very concerning. I want to be empathetic and understanding to all of your struggles, but I just didn't get it. Um, So I had to kind of dig into this and dissect it a little bit and ask myself, why are these things not so frustrating to me? Um, It wasn't that my mealtimes were really even going better than their mealtimes, but my expectations about how mealtime was going to go were a lot different than theirs. Take that first example that I said my one-year-olds all throw their plates too. Um, But I think it's just something to do with studying, um, a little bit of development when it comes to food and nutrition, specifically in school. I knew and understood that one-year-olds throwing plates and throwing food is a completely normal part of development. So it just really didn't get to me. Um, It didn't bother me. Um, So I started considering all of our expectations around food and mealtime and how those are affecting our thoughts. Um, If you're familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy, there's kind of this whole idea that our thoughts create our feelings. Um, And I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to delve any further into it than that. But that's kind of the basis behind this sort of therapy is that our thoughts create our feelings. So when your thoughts are, why is my one-year-old still throwing food? It's so frustrating. Uh, They should have outgrown this by now. I've been implementing things to stop them. I take the food away when they throw and they're still throwing. When you're kind of going through all these thoughts in your head, you're going to feel a lot of frustration around that particular circumstance, right? Um, And like I said, for me, those frustrations just didn't exist when it came to certain developmental things in my children. However, there are a lot of things that I do struggle with about mealtime 
a lot of thoughts and feelings that do make it more difficult. They just weren't centered around the same things as my friends and family. So I thought it would be helpful to just dive into a whole array of expectations and thoughts that you might have both about mealtime in general and about preparing food, about meal planning, about meal prep that might be making you feel miserable because those thoughts and expectations are creating your feelings, right? And you might be making misery for yourself. So we're just going to dive into 10 expectations that you might have. I've had a lot of these. I've talked to others who've had the other expectations and talk about why they're making you miserable. And I'm obviously not going to cover every single expectation or thought that you might have, but hopefully um, seeing the types of thoughts that we're talking about here can help you uncover thoughts and expectations that you have about mealtime that you could shift so that you feel better and have happier family meals. Um, And this is one of the easiest ways to improve your mealtime because you don't have to change anything about what you're doing when it comes to mealtime. You're just changing the way that you're thinking about it. One of my favorite quotes, it's, I think it's anonymous and it's a little bit cheesy, but it says, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Like I said, a little bit cheesy, but also super, super powerful. So hopefully this episode helps you do just that when it comes to your mealtimes. So let's go ahead and dive into the 10 expectations that you might have about mealtime that are making you miserable. Expectation number one, a proper meal is perfectly balanced and served hot on a nicely set table. So when I mentioned this expectation, this might not be the exact expectation that you have about mealtime, but the point is you're painting a picture in your mind of what mealtime is supposed to look like. So maybe that's that you have the table perfectly set at six o'clock because that's what your mom did. Or maybe it's that you always serve an abundance of vegetables because you think that's what healthier balance looks like. So there's a lot of different ways we're defining what the perfect family meal looks like. But the point is, is that we're creating this idea of a perfect meal. Mealtime looks different for every family, and it's probably going to change a lot for you over the years and look different for even your own family at different points in your life. Um, But that's just, there's no right or wrong way to serve dinner. And like I said, it's going to shift. So you can absolutely serve meals that are typically served for breakfast. They can be a perfectly balanced option for dinner. Um, In my house, on days that are crazy, and honestly, sometimes when they're not crazy, we just serve dinner right off the cutting board or in the pot, not in in serving dishes. Sometimes we eat on a blanket in the living room. There's no right or wrong way to serve dinner. Everyone just needs to be fed. So try and take that picture, whatever the picture is for you, because like I said, it's going to be different for everyone, and get it out of your head. And reframe the perfect proper meal as any meal 
that is served to your family. Okay. Expectation number two, as the mom, it is 100% my responsibility to put dinner on the table. So I hope that with all of the progress we're making as women and the way that things are changing, that you don't feel this way. But I know that those gender expectations and roles can still be very strong, even when you believe otherwise. But let's just talk about this a little bit. Family roles are something to be discussed and assigned as a family. If you want to learn more about how we manage roles in our family, I have an episode where I invited my husband on the podcast and we talked about this. Uh, But again, just like how what your mealtimes look like is going to change over time, your family responsibilities are also going to change and ebb and flow as we have new jobs um, and changes setting in in the family. And roles should just never be assumed. So even if dinner is your assigned role in your home for a given point in time, and you happen to be a woman, Uh, There are times that this responsibility will need to be shared either for a time or permanently. So if you decide to go work full time and your husband and you are both working full time, it's no longer really a reasonable expectation for you to be the sole dinner provider, at least not unless your husband is taking on the bulk of other home responsibilities, right? Um, If you're pregnant, you may be too ill to manage mealtime for a period. When you have a newborn, there's a lot of juggling going around. If you begin working even part-time, if you take on more responsibilities volunteering, all of these things will obviously get in the way of your ability to be the sole dinner provider. And it is those times that you'll have to revisit roles and discuss with your husband and as your kids get older with them as well, Who's going to take on these responsibilities in your home? Uh, Remember that there's no shame in asking for help with dinner, either permanently or temporarily. If you don't have the support you need in your home, consider getting help from a meal prep or meal planning service. There is absolutely a time and a place for these services. Uh, Remember that your mental health is equally as important as your physical health and taking a break from meal prep for a season may be worth it to maintain your sanity. All right, so expectation number three, my kids should eat foods that are good for them, prepared for them, and if they liked it once, they should always like it. So I want you to think about a food that you love. For me, it's pizza. I generally am here for it all day, every day. But let's say you have had pizza four days in a row. Are you still going to be thrilled when your partner or friend suggests it for dinner? Probably not. Sometimes our kids are happy to eat something for dinner, but maybe not super enthused to eat it for lunch again the next day. Sometimes they just get tired of foods for a season. Sometimes they change their mind entirely. The only predictable thing about kids and their eating is that they're unpredictable. Uh, It really helps me to accept kids' ever-changing minds when I consider that I am also constantly changing my thoughts. And I consider that I am also constantly changing my mind about foods that I prefer as well. And this understanding doesn't necessarily mean that you should change what you're offering. It's absolutely acceptable to offer your kids leftovers as lunch the next day. 
Um, but remember that it's their choice whether or not they accept it. That doesn't mean you need to provide an alternative. You can just simply say that they are welcome to eat again at the next meal, but it doesn't have to be a mealtime battle just because they are not preferring something, even if they used to prefer it. And it's normal for kids to want to eat all the carbs and all of the things that we maybe are deeming less quality foods. It's completely normal. So remember that it's your responsibility to provide them with healthy meals and it's their responsibility to choose whether or not they want it that day, not their responsibility to eat said meals. Right. Another expectation is my kid should sit still and sit quietly at the dinner table until dinner's over. So just an example about this. This week, I took my kids to a restaurant. It was a kid-friendly restaurant, but we'd been out in the sun all day long. Um, They'd been stimulated with friends and activities all day long. Um, And this was unusual as we usually have some downtime built into our day. Um, I was with my sister. I was hoping to have a friendly chat while we all enjoyed our dinner. Well, that was not exactly how it went down. My kids were seriously in a mood. Um, The climax of our dinner was when my youngest climbed on the back of the booth for the hundredth time, fell down off of the back of the booth, screamed, um, and something, I'm not even sure what, caused my soup to spill at the same time, and it was pure chaos. So was this experience super frustrating? Yes, absolutely. But I realized that I had pushed my kids beyond what they were capable of by even bringing them to the restaurant to begin with. So with this story, let me say I'm a huge fan of getting kids out of the house and teaching them to behave in public. But after such a stimulating afternoon, I should have foreseen the dumpster fire that ensued. I didn't let feelings of guilt consume me because I gave my kids more than they could handle. I just took quiet notes for next time. And it's the same at the dinner table. So I am linking a post in the show notes um, to what we can reasonably expect from kids at mealtimes. And just a little hint, sitting still at the table isn't really age appropriate until children are much, much older. So remember that practicing and creating routines, rules, and enforcing them is absolutely recommended at any age, Um, but this guide will help you know what's reasonable to even expect. And don't let yourself get bent out of shape or bothered if your kids are constantly up and down. I know mine are, and it's just something that I, in our home, we really haven't chosen to fight about it a lot. Um, we do have a general rule that we'll often tell them that if they choose to get up again, that their meal is over. Again, this is a rule, a way of um, showing them what the expectation is. And again, something we do when they're a little bit older and can understand that boundary, but they're still all over the place. And that's just part of having kids. So don't let that consume you at mealtime. And understand that most families probably understand that experience as well. All right. So another expectation we can have around mealtime is that a normal family eats at a certain time, eats 
certain foods that are good for them or behaves in a certain way. So this is similar to the last expectation. But what I really want to focus on here is the word normal. So normal for me is a huge trigger word and causes me a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. So something about my personality just tends to get really fixated on things being normal. And this kind of goes back to what I talked about in the intro to this episode. So when you say, my son is still throwing cups, that can't be normal. Or why can't we just eat dinner around the table at 6pm like a normal family? Or is it normal that my six-year-old is still eating with her hands. So I just want to try and take the idea of normal out of our mealtimes because whether or not something is normal really doesn't matter. And the reality is there are so many variations of normal. So if something is an actual problem for you, look for solutions. But don't get fixated on whether or not something is normal Um, And if it seems abnormal, but it isn't causing any real problems to your children or your family, who cares if it's normal, right? So whatever your thoughts are about normality, just let them go when it comes to mealtime and do what works for you and your family. Okay, with some of these later ideas, we're going to dig a little bit more into meal prep. So here's another expectation for you. Um... My family will get bored unless I'm constantly changing up the meal plan. So as the primary meal provider, you deserve a system and a plan that is manageable for you, regardless of what you think your family wants or what your family actually wants. If you feel like you constantly need to be changing up your meal plan to please the masses, consider asking your family about their preferences, and you might be surprised what you find out. So my kids are happiest when they get some kind of say in the meal plan, which actually usually includes a lot of repetition, more repetition than I like. My husband, I've asked, and he couldn't care less what we eat. In fact, he's expressed more dissatisfaction when I try too many new things because it usually generates bigger messes and more chaos, which he, as his role, is then expected to clean up. So he prefers this simplicity as well. So it's totally fine and normal (laughs) to cycle through only a few meals, especially when your life is otherwise busy and crazy. Save the new or the special for simpler times. Um, another thought that might be making you miserable or at least stopping you from finding more peace and routine is the idea that meal plans are complicated or rigid. So many moms think they can't figure out how to meal plan for one of these reasons. Some moms think, Uh, They don't want to decide in advance what they're eating. Others think that the idea of meal planning is really complicated. And by meal planning, they are going to be producing elaborate meals that they don't have time to cook. But a meal plan is really nothing more than what it sounds like, a plan of meals. Monday, Chick-fil-A, Tuesday, cold cereal, Wednesday, pizza, Thursday, PB&J, Friday, tacos is a meal plan. And you might laugh at that, but all a meal plan is, is a plan of your meals. So if you're new to meal planning, practice just simply planning out what you're going to eat for a week without making things any more complicated than they are right now. 
And if that means you're getting takeout three of the nights, that's fine. But write down the restaurant. Don't decide in the heat of the hunger and moment what restaurant you're going to. If you feel like choosing specific days is too rigid or you like to plan food around what you're feeling like in the moment, that's great too. Um, Don't plan specific days, but buy a week's worth of meals at the grocery store Make a list of what those are and cross them off as you make them. If you want to include takeout, write down three restaurants you'd like to go to this week and cross them out as you go. So don't let preconceived ideas of what meal planning is like stop you from trying to make meal planning work for your family. Making mundane decisions in advance is one of the biggest things you can do to improve your mental health. And like I said, if you are more spontaneous and that feels really rigid, there are ways to make it flexible as well. So don't just give up on meal planning because of what you see on Pinterest that makes it seem like it's picture perfect and um, super rigid. Just do what works for you, but consider trying it in whatever way works for you and see if you do feel a little bit more peace knowing at least a general idea of what you're going to eat for a week. Okay, another preconceived notion or expectation that a lot of people have is that meal prep is for fitness junkies, it's boring, or it always tastes like leftovers. This was me for a long time. My expectation is that meal prep was not for me, so I didn't even give it a chance. I thought, It wasn't for families. It seemed like only my friends who were trying to bulk up or lose all the pounds were the ones doing it. Um, And because of this, I didn't consider it as a solution for any of our mealtime struggles for a long time. Um, But I was totally wrong. It's absolutely for families. And I would say that the emotional or mental benefits of meal prep are even better than potential weight loss or bulking up benefits. If you don't like leftovers, just do your chopping in advance instead of cooking in advance. If you think that meal prep is boring, make staples that you can repurpose into lots of different things. There are tons of different ways to meal prep, so don't assume it's not for you and not for your family until you really explore all of the different ways you can use it and make it work. Another expectation that we have or belief is that certain foods are inherently good while other foods are inherently bad. So I feel like every play date I go on, I hear someone say something like, I'm so bad. My kids shouldn't be eating XYZ as their snack. And built into this is this sort of expectation, like I said, that they're harming their child with these snacks. And this breaks my heart. So there is a time and a season for things and eating certain foods can never make you or your children good or bad. Neutralizing food will help you make so much progress in your dinners and meal times that you learn to accept food and stop the judgment. All right. So those are 10 of the expectations I could think of that might be making you miserable at mealtime or when you're cooking. This is the bulk of this episode, and I hope it has your wheels turning about thoughts that you could change or alter to make your experience cooking and at mealtime better. Um, And while our expectations or beliefs can make us miserable, there are also times that we can set reasonable expectations with our kids and our families, also known as boundaries, which I have an episode about if you're interested. So as a little bonus for this episode, I just want to talk about a few reasonable expectations you can set for your family that will make mealtime better as well. So here's a reasonable expectation. 
my mental health is just as important as my physical health, and my meal plan should ideally support both my mental and physical health. And sometimes there will have to be compromises to do this. That was a long thought, but the point here is that there should never be guilt for ordering takeout or using a shortcut to feed your family, especially if you are doing so to support your own mental health. Doing so can help you find the time to plan and prep more for the future. Now, if you are in a habit of takeout that you are not okay with, that's absolutely something you can choose to make slow progress and slow changes about. But that doesn't mean that the occasional deviation from your normal routine is going to undo all your progress. And just, it's also just important to remember that there are times that your mental health will trump your physical health and they're both important. So that's okay. Okay. Another reasonable expectation. My kids can be expected to help with mealtime, even from a young age, uh, but it will take time and practice to make it a habit. So we've talked about, I'm trying to be real truthful in this episode. My kids don't stay in their seats at dinner. They don't eat every meal. And they could be wild at the dinner table. But I think we have great family dinners. Um, So just keep that in mind that it doesn't have to be perfect. You can still have great family dinners. Uh, But here, one thing that we do in our home is from a young age, our kids are expected to clean up their own plate or bowl. My six-year-old is finally doing this most times out of habit. My four-year-old occasionally remembers, but he usually has to be reminded but he does it usually without too much of a fight. My three-year-old usually throws a pretty big fit about doing it, but it's an expectation nonetheless, even if that requires us to pick her up, put the bowl in her hands and take her to the sink. Um, This small habit makes a world of difference to me as the mom. Um, And I know there's other habits we can make about help at mealtime. Whatever you feel like would be the most useful to you is something that you can work on. Don't assume your kids are too young. Take the time to teach them. And just remember that um, it will be a developmental thing before your kids are ready to do this on their own out of habit. But you can absolutely set it as an expectation starting at a young age. All right. We touched on this briefly. But the third expectation that we've set in our home is that my kids have the right to refuse to eat. My responsibility is to provide relatively balanced meals and they choose what to eat. This is obviously another way of wording Ellen Satter's division of responsibility, which has come up on the podcast a lot. There is nothing wrong with letting your kids help a little bit with mealtime selection and finding ways for them to aid in family mealtime. I love doing that. Um, But you don't have to let your kids take the reins and you don't have to cater to them. You've done your job if you provided the meals, whether or not your kids like those meals. They do their job when they choose to eat or not to eat. So keep those roles clear and you will find so much more peace at mealtime. All right. The last expectation is that my kids and family have the right to dislike any foods I make but I can reasonably expect them to speak kindly about food. So in our home, we don't allow words like yucky when it comes to talking about food. 
our kids are not expected to like everything. They're not expected to eat or try everything, but they are expected to use words like it's not my favorite instead of saying it's yucky. Um, They also understand that just because they don't like a food one way doesn't mean that they won't like it another way. And that's something we talk about a lot that maybe they didn't like the cooked cauliflower, but they might like raw cauliflower dipped in ranch. Um, and again, we don't force them to try new things, but we do discuss these things. And um, my oldest especially has started pointing out foods that she didn't used to like, but that she likes now um, and has started to see that pattern. Uh, but the most important part here is that we don't have to expect our kids to eat everything, but we can expect them to be kind. All right. So... That's it for this episode. I hope you've got your wheels turning. You're thinking about how you think about certain mealtime activities, how you think about cooking, how you think about meal planning, how you think about your kids' behavior, be it at your dinner table at home or when you're in public. And I hope that you can find some ways that you can shift your expectations so that you can find more peace at mealtime. And this is an ever... (laughs) ongoing battle. I understand that there's always something that we can be bettering in our thoughts, but that's also a comforting thought as well. There's always something we can be improving and we can be slowly making those changes in our mindset that make mealtime with our families a wonderful experience, regardless of what exactly it looks like and how our kids behave. All right, next week, we've got a super fun topic for you that I'm so excited to talk about. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And the topic is clarifying mealtime by creating a food philosophy. So a lot of this will actually tie in really, really well to what we talked about today. But creating a food philosophy can help it so that you know what your big why is you know what your big goals are when it comes to mealtime and you know what your beliefs say and that way you're able to simplify what things matter and what things don't to you which again this is going to be different for every family Um, and that will help you simplify your decision making when it comes to mealtime which will just create a lot more peace for the whole family Um, It's an exciting one, an exciting topic, and I'm really excited to delve into what this process will look like for you and your family and how it can help you. So tune in next week if that topic interests you. Thank you so much, my friends, for always being here for all your downloads. And until next time, happy planning.